0: Welcome to The Community Podcast, brought to you by The Community Paper. Since 1989, The Community Paper has been sharing good news happening in downtown Orlando and College Park. Your hosts for the show are Orlando native and the paper's publisher, Debbie Gunter, and Orlando transplant and managing editor, Tommy Cardinal. So, it's
1: September 1st when we're recording, which means yes. the September edition just came out. Which, happy September, you guys. Happy September, which is also our birthday. Yes, community happy
0: community. birthday happy to birthday. us. Isn't
2: that crazy? 32. 32 years this paper yeah, uh, has this been This paper rocking. looks
3: great for a 32-year-old. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
2: I think, too. Someone told said on Facebook yesterday, you guys don't look older than 22. <laughs> it's quite a nice compliment. Yeah. yeah like we that. age
1: like wine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of, so the first edition was 1989, and I found out while in the office yesterday that we have no copies of the paper from before what,
2: like 2005.
1: We have like what is that, 16 years of lost community papers. So if
2: anyone is listening out there who happens to have some old copies, we would love to to get them from you, scan them, something.
1: If you have the first ever edition
2: that's worth something big right there free
1: free subscription for life for life yes just let us know
2: yeah
3: that's the most we can do though what kind of news do you think was in there like in the early in the 89s early 90s
2: so looking back um just knowing what i know um it primarily covered college park back then and a lot of school news a lot a lot of what we're covering now um a lot of neighborhood association stuff they had a merchants association back then it wasn't college park main street Mm -hmm. um so you know stuff like that it wasn't as many pages back then Mm -hmm. um they had a bunch of columns um back then you know different people like business leaders you know offering advice and that sort of thing um so yeah over the years it's just sort of evolved and We've added some fun stuff along the way and I'm super proud of it.
1: What did Edgewater Drive look like in nineteen
2: eighty nine? It was different. It the um it was four lanes of traffic.
3: Four? Yeah. Mm. Wow. So
2: two and two. Yeah. It was very busy and stressful.
1: Oh. Uh, it was like a highway almost. Yeah. That's a lot. It was a throughway, yeah. Now yeah. it's two lanes with a median mm-hmm. and bike lanes most of the way. Yeah. hmm So it's more Pedestrian friendly, I'd say. Well,
2: eh.
3: relatively (laughs) speaking. Relatively speaking,
2: yeah. In fact, in this latest edition that came out, you talk about the new plan for Edgewater Drive, which has actually been in the works since 2009, I believe, um, to make it even more. They
1: want to turn it into what they call a complete street.
2: Yes, explain to people what that means. So that's Does it like, go
3: all the way around like a, a circle? Not just like oh, a okay. circle. No. <laughs> Those like are called sort of roundabouts. Mobius Strip. No, yes,
2: the entire Edgewater Drive will not be one big roundabout. Okay.
1: No. no. But so a complete street means it is built to uh, accommodate all types of transportation. Okay. So bus riders, buses, bikes people walking and people driving. So it doesn't just think of driving and then the other modes of transportation as an afterthought, which yeah. I think is sort of the the typical in, That's most streets, yeah. in most streets, but since Edgewater's a main street and a big like commercial corridor, it's good to have pedestrians and people on buses and bikers and all that. So, um like you said, it's been a long process and it's still a process. I was looking at like some documents of like in 2007, they did a walkabout where mm-hmm. like the commissioner and some people walked around and just um, established or, or wrote notes about what they noticed Kind of gave about their it. input. It, yeah. it was
2: um, business owners, community leaders, residents. They all mm-hmm. kind of got together on this task force to kind of evaluate the ideal Edgewater Drive the people who live and
1: work here. And that was like maybe 13 years ago. Yeah. So this has been a long process. And it's still a process. All they did at the last city council meeting. Was choose a design firm. Mm-hmm. HDR engineering. They're going to make uh, plans. And um, uh, funding estimates. So, But they have. They said they have the funding. With the Florida Department of Transportation. As well as um, some. Some gas tax
2: funds yeah so there's like five million dollars set aside um from dot and then the city of orlando is gonna make up the difference so it sounds
1: like they they're figuring out funding and they just are i I think it's still a few years out
2: yeah i think 2023 was their goal to start Mm -hmm. so it might um, be
1: 2024 i was talking to commissioner stewart and he he sees it as a few years out okay so. That
3: makes sense. I mean, they have to do the planning. They have to get the public input. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't just start it.
1: Yeah. HDR year. is going to be doing planning and public input Yeah, as well as funding estimates. And then from there, I think you have to, there's like three steps. So first is the planning and then you have to do the final plans and that's a different step. And then you have to do the contracts for the construction mm-hmm. companies and everything. So it's a, it's a long process, but we took the first step
2: so yes at least it's on the horizon yeah it's happening yeah that's exciting yeah lot's going on in college park right now um first of all let me introduce nick nick hello george Goodyear. Oh. oh you did it no
1: did that
3: it was right? it george Goody- you
2: Goody- t- you
1: yeah, doubted just, yourself too quickly yeah, you had okay. it you had it
2: so nick is our producer um but he has also jumped back on board to write for the paper. He's going to be covering yeah. College Park. He lives here. Um, I say here because our office is here. Nick lives. And you're in my house. And I'm in his house. Which right. is in College Park.
3: <laughs> his um, studio. It's yeah. the studio. The studio. Slash so, studio.
2: So, yeah, we're excited to have Nick back on board. He did some writing for us several years ago um, here and there, and now he's, committed to covering college park and we're super excited
3: 100 percent committed to it and i uh did a bunch of stories for the september uh issue and i really enjoyed it good i wanted well, well, to cover a bunch of stuff you used to do the cp interviews a lot yeah
1: what was your favorite cp interview
3: um Man, I'm trying to remember because I did Orlando Rolone was, re- he was so nice. It was right after he started as police commissioner mm-hmm. and I was just, I was really nervous about that one because I think it was one of the first ones that I did. Mm-hmm. Well, and, police chief, right? Yeah. Police chief. Sorry. Mm-hmm commissioner, I'm thinking, you know, we're obviously in Gotham City and I'm I'm Batman, (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah, he was super nice, so that was the one that I was most nervous about, and that was really good, and then when we switched over, we got into, like, COVID areas, it was over Mm -hmm. the phone, so it wasn't quite as fun, interviews in person are always so much fun.
1: Yeah, that was, you were with the downtown community paper, so that we were doing... Well, oh, you were doing the CP, he was doing the CP interviews for, for both.
2: papers, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you did such a great job. Yeah. yeah. But we're excited to have you covering College Park. And yeah. you um, wrote about something that is, some people say exciting, some people say, eh, um, the well, Starbucks that's potentially coming to Edgewater Drive.
3: Yeah, growth and change can always be a little bit uh, scary. So before Edgewater changes into a complete street, we could potentially get a new Starbucks. And this would replace the one that's over by, Publix, on Yale, um, and it would be down the street at uh, New Hampshire and Edgewater. Mm -hmm. Uh, So part of it would be facing Dartmouth Park and would have a drive-through, which would be, I think, really nice. Like One of the cases that Starbucks and the development company is making is that right now there's not enough parking at the current Starbucks. It gets kind of messy there in the morning. People are trying to get in and out of there, blocking traffic. If we could get one that has plenty of room for the uh, Mm drive-through, and this would have spaces for 13 cars just in the drive-through, plus 20, I think, or so uh, uh, parking spots, at least with the plans that they currently have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you have plenty of people being able to come through and less traffic blocking up edgewater. And you attended a meeting where they talked about some changes that they were making to the plans. Yeah, they'd made a few. So this was, I believe the second iteration of the plans and they were getting public comment um, because we're still in the age of COVID. Uh, they were doing it online via zoom. So they had people commenting and uh, a few of the things that they adjusted was uh, b- making a bigger patio. Uh, so the, the facing this, the part of the structure that's going to be facing uh, Dartmouth Park would be like this patio so you could go sit and kind of overlook uh, the park um, they um, did some adjustments to the streetscape so it was a little nicer and it's supposed to be uh, with what the plans already are for edgewater which is more streetscapes more landscape more uh, areas for people to sit that sort of thing
2: it'll be interesting to see one um, of I sat in on that zoom meeting as well and residents who live on new hampshire are nervous about traffic Mm -hmm. um you know coming out of the drive-through but it sounds like the starbucks folks have kind of taken that into consideration and they're curving the um exit to where you can only go right on new hampshire um so hopefully that will solve some of those problems but i the one thing that i'm just curious to see is how it's going to all work with the traffic right there in front of the post office Mm -hmm. Because right now, like if you're coming, if you're heading north on Edgewater and someone's coming south on Edgewater trying to go to the post office and you're trying to go, you know, turn on New Hampshire, it's just kind of a jumbled mess right there. So Mm
0: -hmm. um,
2: I know that that was the kind of a, a point of contention with some of the residents. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see how that kind of pans
3: out. Yeah. And that exit on New Hampshire is not a full exit. What that's going to be is if somebody's in the drive through and they decide to leave mm-hmm. uh, before they order, they can do that.
2: Oh, that's and right. So okay.
3: it's not going to be a full exit on New Hampshire. And I think that was also one of the things they heard in an earlier version. So they're going to make that even more distinct that people can't get in and out of there normally.
2: Okay, good. An
3: escape hatch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get there and you're like, hey, you know what? It turns out I'm awake already. Mm-hmm. I don't need this coffee. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> All this road rage has woken me up.
2: <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting. But, I I mean, personally, I, it's right across the street from our office. So,
3: so you're I, okay with I'm,
2: it? I'm cool with that. I think it's going to be nice to walk over there and.
3: Yeah. Well, and I, from what they said, it is, it's already bad at Yale and Edgewater because there is no drive through. Mm -hmm. There is no good way to get in and out of there. So it's just kind of moving. And if they make some of these adjustments, it should be better.
2: And a 13 car stack, I mean, that's a lot of cars for the drive through.
3: Yeah. And not even considering the additional parking. So you can
2: still
1: go in there. Yeah. I think a lot of people utilize drive throughs for Starbucks.
2: Definitely. And there's definitely like peak times of day. So Mm -hmm. hopefully it won't have a negative impact on that, um, on that corner. But anyway, so yeah, stay tuned and we'll keep you guys updated on on that as it progresses. Um, College Park, what else?
1: They did a unique cleanup for the first time where it was like a joint cleanup between the College Park Main Street and the Ivanhoe Main Street.
2: Yes, isn't that great? Yeah, that they, they
1: so Princeton connects the two districts and the College Park Main Street organized a cleanup on one side of Princeton and the Ivano Village did it on the other side of Princeton and they met in the middle so they were able to clean all of Princeton which um probably needed some work because I4 goes over it and um it's not as cared for as the main streets, I'd say. So it's like connecting the two. Mm-hmm. It was a good way to clean up while, um, getting out and supporting the community. I, it was a pretty good turnout. I heard.
2: Yeah. I think I heard, didn't they have like 60, 60 some people yeah, show up and yeah, it's great. The collaboration between the main streets is just so refreshing. You know, they, you would think they would all be competing with one another, but they, they work really well together. Yeah. It's nice.
1: I, Ivanhoe Village does things with Mills 50, too. hmm With a... Uh, like joint events. Yeah. They do. they do one joint event that's, like, um, there's another road that connects Ivanhoe Village. and
2: Virginia. Yeah. yeah Virginia do, Drive Live. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's cool to see them collaborate on events. Um, and I guess that's not as um, possible with other main streets. It, True.
3: True. If they're too far apart, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Ivanhoe, Mills 50, and College Park are all pretty close. hmm Um, but yeah, so that's, that was a good event.
2: Oh, wait, before we go further, backing up to the packing district. Yeah. You
3: got some big news about that.
2: Yesterday we reported some big news on, um, August 31st that Publix is definitely coming to the packing district. It's been rumored to be Mm -hmm. true for quite a while, but we couldn't, um, we couldn't say for sure, but now we know for sure. And so... I think that's going to be really great. You know, the little publics on Edgewater tends to get super crowded and it's serving a ton of people now. Mm -hmm. Um, And with all of the new, you know, the apartments and the townhomes and all going on into the packing district. And then also with folks who kind of live on the west side of College Park, I think it's going to bring some great relief to the publics on Edgewater um, they're going to be about the same size, so <clears throat> some people had hoped that the Publix um, in the Packing District would be just this huge, you know, Publix that's twice the size of, of Edgewater, but it looks, mm-hmm. from what I've read, it looks like they're about the same square footage. Okay. Um, but still, I think it's going to be great and, um, you know, prevent that trying to find a parking spot, and you can't. And... Yeah, even if it's
1: not bigger, the fact that there's two Publixes. right and close proximity will probably split the customer base and make it less crowded. Mm-hmm. Um, but we knew a grocery store was coming. We just didn't know that it was going to be Publix.
2: Yeah. So that's great. Everybody loves Publix.
1: Mm-hmm. Publix is a
3: local favorite. One well, with everything else that's going on over there, it just seems like it's going to be this not instant community. Cause obviously it's going to take some time to build everything out, mm-hmm. but man, there's so much going on and it's been reported in the, uh, in the paper already. hmm So. The
2: YMCA. Yeah. Is going to be huge over there. So I made
3: a list of all the
1: things that's happening in the packing district that we know of so far. Okay.
2: And Share your so list.
3: do you have this, do you also have a list of all the secret stuff that's going on? I don't know the secrets. Oh, okay. Well, I well there is definitely going to be a fight this. club. <laughs> the packing district fight club. Oh, wow.
1: Well, no, there, there's going to be a public park, though, with a dog park. So that's exciting. Is there a dog park in near College Park right now? I don't no. Think so. I don't think so. So that's good. Yeah. Um, so the public park is going to have an amphitheater, a dog park. Um, next to the Publix, there's going to be a juice stand replica. So the history of the packing district is interesting that it was, what was it, the 30s we found 20s. out? 20s. The 20s. Mm-hmm. They used to... Pack orange juice? What does that mean? What did they <laughs>
2: What did they do? They well, packed produce. Yeah, like you people, you know, have the oranges picked off the trees and mm-hmm. then they have to package it and so ship the it packing
1: out. district was the place where, where they, they packaged it and shipped mm-hmm. it off. Yeah. And they're paying homage to that with a replica juice stand. There used to be an orange juice stand mm-hmm. in the packing district where they would sell fresh squeezed orange juice and they Went off historical photos to make a replica juice stand where they're going to have. They haven't decided the tenant yet, but
2: uh, yeah, so that'll be in the um the northeast corner of mm-hmm. North OBT in Princeton, um, kind of at the front of where the Publix will be, the front of the parking lot. So, that'll be great. Yeah, it's gonna be super cool.
1: I imagine. coffee shop or something
3: like Mm -hmm. that but i think they'll have to serve coffee i think juice is great i would go to a juice shop every day but Mm -hmm. i think that coffee would make it go yeah there's nothing like fresh squeezed orange juice but it could
1: also be like a cafe space who knows knows
2: you know when i was growing up we um i grew up in windermere and it was all orange groves back then and whenever we would say we're hungry we want a snack my parents would just say go pick an orange." We had fresh squeezed orange juice all the time, right off those trees. Mm, nothing better.
3: Nothing Wait, better. were those your orange trees, or did you yeah. steal them from your neighbors? No,
2: we had them in our yard. Oh, okay, yeah. Just checking. Yeah. Wow. We stole the grapefruits from the neighbors.
1: Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Your, I I stole vodka oranges drinks from my neighbor because they had the bell oranges. You ever have those? No. They are the, they're circular, but they have the little. Oh, the at no, the, oh, yeah. the top. Yeah. We mm-hmm. called them bell oranges. They might have a different name, sure. but they were the best. So I would jump the fence and go to my neighbor's house, and he didn't like us very much, but hmm. he wasn't eating them.
2: Yeah, they were just going to go just, to waste yeah, otherwise.
1: Exactly. So you were, yeah, doing yeah. a community service. Exactly. All right, so hopefully
3: that. he's not a listener.
1: I, I hope not. That was Sarasota, so. Well, this the statute of limitations is still You're good. Open. I think I'm good. Um, what else is coming to The packing district,
2: the food hall. It's gonna be a food hall,
1: a food hall slash brewery. I've heard.
2: Yes, I think the brewery, and then the townhomes Mm -hmm. for purchase will be kind of overlooking the park, YMCA. um, The cannery apartments are going are up already, and they're going to be or they are right by where the Publix is going to be. So Mm -hmm. it'll be great for those folks to be able to walk over to to Publix Um so yeah, it's it's a it's an exciting time for that.
1: And then the urban farm.
2: Yes, four roots. By four roots mm-hmm. four,
1: yeah, by four roots, which is their uh charitable arm of four rivers, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So the four roots urban farm where Edgewater students have access to. Yeah. Is that true? Yep. That'll be cool. And then a greenhouse too. Yep. So I think that's site, everything. Yeah. Oh, the you said the cannery apartments. I yeah. did. What do you know about the YMCA?
2: Um, so so far they're they're um still raising money. They they have a large chunk of it, but not all of it yet. So they're still running their um capital campaign right now. And um, but yeah, it's gonna have a pool and a gym and it's gonna be a very nice facility. And they're also going to be incorporating some community programs, some community outreach programs for youth. And one of the things they want to try to do is um, have like a, almost like a career center to where like, for example, let's just say the Orlando Police Department, they might come in and have like one room that they kind of sponsor. And so then within that room, there would be displays of, you know, different elements to encourage teens to. Um, pursue a career in law enforcement and then they the the officers would come in and um, have programs with the kids and stuff like that. Oh, cool. So, yeah, so I love that they're doing they're going to try to do a lot of community outre- community outreach. So, good stuff.
1: So, yeah, a lot going on in the packing district.
2: Why don't we take a quick break and when we come back, I want to hear more about the Orlando Museum of Art expanding into downtown. That's exciting.
3: Yeah. Sounds good. Hey, this is Nick Jorgudiu, writer for The Community Paper. I just want to encourage you, if you have a chance, and if you know of something going on in College Park, downtown Orlando, Ivanhoe, Milk District, Mills 50, Soto, Thornton Park, all the places that The Community Paper covers, let us know. Whether it's an event or a piece of news, a tip that you think might be worth covering, go to our website, yourcommunitypaper.com, click on contact, and send in your story idea or your event. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Welcome back. Hello. Hey. The
1: cat just said hi, too. Did you hear that? I hope that picks up. Oh, my
2: gosh.
1: Hi, kitty, kitty. Hey. I like when cats shake their tails when you pet them.
2: Good cat. So Orlando Museum of Art is getting ready to celebrate their 100-year Anniversary, yeah, it's incredible
1: years, and they're doing it in a fun way or exciting, groundbreaking way. They're expanding, um, to <laughs> this cat. Um, uh, they're moving to downtown. We're not moving; expanding. So the the one in Lock Haven Park will remain.
3: Um, oh, okay. So it's not a move. It's it not is. a move. They're going to have two locations. Yeah, and nice.
1: the New location they're moving into is a mixed use development. Um so it's financially smart because they won't have to build from the ground up. They'll be able to move in and incorporate into this mixed use building that's gonna have a five star hotel and condos. Um so it's gonna be it's a thirty-three story building and the uh Orlando Museum of Art is gonna incorporate the is gonna word I'm looking for, not incorporate, um, Inhabit. Inhabit. Thank you. <laughs> Inhabit this whole second floor. Okay. Um, so there will be a gift shop at the first floor that you walk through to get to the second floor. And the second floor will all be exhibits and um, space for... Exhibition space. Um, so the Orlando Museum of Art has a lot of exhibits that are just in storage right now. Um, I think the museum director the graph was telling me like they're only able to display like 2% of what they have at a time. No way. Wow. So I think they'll, they're doubling their exhibition space. So that's going to be a great way to have things for display as well. Um, And another exciting thing is that their exhibits are going to be incorporated throughout the tower. So like in all the public spaces in the, hotel and condos like hallways and
3: landings for the
1: elevators, landings yeah. and everything like that. They'll have exhibits all throughout that's so
2: it. So neat. So it's going to have a hotel and condos,
1: hotel condos with
2: like, meeting space. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's a big thing about space. the hotel
1: mm-hmm. too, is that it's going to be one of the biggest, uh, convention space awesome. centers for downtown. downtown. There's not much convention space downtown, yeah. but, um,
3: Wow.
2: I see that as being a huge success, don't you?
3: I could see that being really neat. And yeah. it's really model. close to Lake Eola, too. We've so. seen the art in the hotel over at um the Alphand Inn in Winter Park. Oh. from the Cornell mm-hmm. Fine Arts Museum at Rollins. So they have art throughout the and it it is like a museum. You can walk through there. You don't have to be staying there or even going to the restaurant or the bar. That's awesome. You kinda of go through mm-hmm. there and see all the stuff so they have neat. there. Yeah.
2: Doesn't the Grand Boheme also have oh, yeah. they have art as well? Mm-hmm. They have a gallery. I love it. This is great.
1: Yeah, and another exciting thing is I don't know if you've ever heard of Chihuly. I have, mm-hmm. but I had never heard of him. But I looked him up, and he's apparently a big deal, and he's a very good glass artist. Yep, glass blower.
0: I remember. But it's going, more than just
1: glass blowing. He like assembles the pieces of glass into these elaborate
2: it's magnificent
1: they almost look
3: alive yeah yeah
2: he had an exhibit um here in orlando at the at the orlando museum of art when Mm -hmm. my kids were little i remember going on a field trip that was the first time i'd ever seen his work and i was blown away it's really neat they have a right now
1: in the orlando museum of art when you walk into the exhibit space Mm -hmm. the first thing you see is that giant blue and white and um green uh chihuly like tower yeah Mm -hmm. it's beautiful Um, I don't remember the name of it, but it's one of the centerpieces of the Orlando Museum of Art right now. And in their new uh, location, expanded location, on the ninth floor, there's going to be, so if you picture the building, there's like, it's 33 stories tall, but on the ninth floor, there's like a landing. I think the proper term is terrace, but it's outdoors. Okay. So it's like a, like, you know, the Modera, um, not Modera, the, remember the, new mixed-use building by... Downtown. by uh, Yeah, we went to the grand opening of it, Debbie. With oh, the, yeah. Uh, they have, like, a pool deck on, mm-hmm. like, not the roof, but it's kind of the roof because it's on the ninth floor or whatever, the 11th floor.
2: It's above the University Club.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to have a similar landing on the ninth floor, and it's going to be home to the only... Open air Chihuly glass garden. Oh, cool! So it's going to be a like the a first of its kind thing, and it's going to be magnificent. It's so neat. Um, so that's exciting, and the director is very excited for it, and they're going to be opening. they they were hoping to do it in time for their hundred year celebration, but I don't know if they're going to be able to because the building is still in the works for approval and everything. Um Oh
2: yeah, there's no way.
1: I don't think they'll make it. The 100 years 2024. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they'll make it, but they'll be doing they'll be opening a year or so after that. So it'll be a great 101 year celebration or It's a good way to start off the second century. Yeah, the director de Graffs uh, um had a great quote where he's like to last 100 years, you have to start somewhere and to last 200 years you have to start somewhere else
2: oh i love that yeah That's so they're, awesome. they're
1: doing it in a big way um
2: you also wrote about the under eye project coming downtown um which is just going to be amazing
1: yeah it's acres of land so like uh, the new i4 overpasses are highly expanded i think it's like I don't know how many lanes it is through downtown, but they have the express lanes, they have the mm-hmm. regular lanes, and um, underneath those freeway ramps, there's a lot of open space. In the past, they used it as parking, um, but now it's a lot. I think it's nine acres or something. I put it in the article, but I can't Yeah,
2: I didn't it. realize how big it was going to be until I saw your article with the map of, mm-hmm. in the paper. Yeah,
1: it's going to go from... Uh, the Church Street underpass all the way to, I think, Washington. So it's every underpass from like for like six blocks or something. Wow. They're going to incorporate, they're going to make it into public space. So they're going to use that um, underutilized space. Under freeway ramps is usually not the most attractive places to be. Mm-hmm. So the city of Orlando wants to turn it into... Community space as like a sort of park where they're gonna have. I mean, they haven't decided what they're gonna do yet, but they moved forward with the planning. Um, AECOM is gonna be the people who plan and get public input, so they're still working on what exactly is gonna be there. But they're talking about things like doing projection art on the on the bottom of the freeways. Oh wow! Um, they're talking about skate parks. They're, they had a lot of
3: Innovative ideas. There was like a mini soccer pitch. Yeah, they were talking about mini soccer yeah, pitches. maybe some snack bars and some other things mm-hmm. like that. Like
1: play and heritage, and there's going to be art there, mm-hmm. so it's going to be a really interesting thing. And um, I thought it was interesting that the city w- u- wants to use it to sort of unite Paramore in the central business district. Mm-hmm. So, like in the past, people perceived the freeway as a wall between paramore and the rest of downtown and their goal for the under eye project is to have it be a seamless connection um so i think it's going to be really innovative and hopefully make people want to walk to the west side of downtown more often um in the past it being parking when you you don't want to walk through a parking lot really Mm -hmm. it doesn't it's not an inviting space really right um and there's lots of parking downtown there's plenty of parking garages i think that Mm -hmm. this is a really cool way to use that space so i can't wait to to think
2: about all of the big big projects that are going on that the packing district project the Mm -hmm. museum of art um (laughs) i4 itself creative village creative village i mean gosh it's so exciting
1: yeah and it's out of our coverage area but the rose arts district was Mm -hmm. just approved that's going to be huge Mm -hmm. i mean there's so much going on
2: yeah cool times in orlando for sure
1: in south downtown we have more public snooze and i started talking about it and realized that nick knows a lot more about the public situation
3: Well, it's a really interesting situation. So we had, we started getting luckies, right? And some Mm -hmm. people are going to remember this as a very short lived and popular uh, grocery chain that came into the market and right before it was shut down by its parent company. And so what happened afterwards is the locations uh, were up for sale or up for lease and Publix wanted a lot of them because they didn't want competitors moving in. So they already mm-hmm. had luckies in some cases right across the street from Publixes. So they didn't want necessarily Aldi moving in or Kroger, if we even have Kroger down here, or whoever it was. Mm-hmm. And so what ended up happening in the case of Soto is we've got two Publixes next to each other. So Michigan, uh, there's the market at Southside with a very big Publix. It's been there forever. Then across the street from there, just a little bit south on Orange, we'll have the new Publix, and I think uh, Logan wrote about that in the paper this mm-hmm. month.
1: Yeah, and we have comings and growings each month where we announce yeah. new businesses, and so there's going to be two Publixes with within walking distance, very close to each
3: other. Oh, one. I could almost let me see. In my younger days, I could probably hit it with a baseball. That wow. is so from interesting. One parking lot to the other.
2: But you know what? With as many people. That are moving here, I, I'm i sure they'll both do great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they'll both be busy all the time, I'm sure. Same
1: thing with the College Park Publix, where people think it might be too crowded. Now it'll split the customer with base. With the
3: Packing District one, yeah. The idea is that it'll split the customer base. But what if everybody loves one Publix more than the other? Hey, listen, it's a new Publix. You yeah. You go there. What if they have, uh? what if they have the, you know, something extra at their deli? Mm, that's true. They have that mm. the... the special pastrami that yep. one doesn't You can only get like the that. prosciutto over at the other one. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's not too odd. Like in Dr. Phillips, there's a Publix that's within eyesight of another one. Yeah. And
3: I mean, it seems to work. There's a lot of people in Orlando. Yeah. And the new one is right next to a big, uh brand new apartment complex. So mm-hmm. like those residents will probably just be walking down, get their stuff, walk back up.
1: Um, Speaking of Lucky's and former Lucky's locations, I guess Publix didn't buy them all because the one on Colonial just
3: opened up as an Aldi. Yeah, the one right by the executive airport. Mm -hmm.
1: So we have an Aldi that moved into a Lucky's market and a Publix that moved into a Lucky's market. That grocery space is high demand. We should start a grocery
2: store. Yeah, no kidding. The community. You, it, you know, store. it's it's nice that there's all these popping up too though because it's um Aldi is a lot more affordable, I think, um with a lot of things than Publix can be sometimes. So, mm-hmm. it's nice to have those kind of scattered about as well.
1: You know what I learned that I did not know was that Aldi is the parent company of Trader Joe's. That's correct. I had no idea.
2: I didn't know that?
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: They're the same company. So wow. a lot of the stuff is exactly the same. It's just labeled differently Isn't as far as the food stuffs. Yeah. Huh. Aldi's a,
1: I don't know how I came across this. I think I was looking up the Aldi that opened in Colonial, but Aldi is a German company. Mm. And in Germany, they have two different Aldis, like, I don't know the German word, but Aldi this and Aldi that. And one of them is higher scale. So in, america they just made it trader joe's instead of just the that different is so
2: owners. interesting the only time i've ever been to aldi was when we were doing i'm a realtor also and for those listening who might not know and we were doing a broker open and my broker at the time he <laughs> this is so bad he wanted to have wine and cheese you know at the broker open and he told me to go to aldi and get wine there because it was like two or three dollars a bottle
1: Oh my, well that there's a funny story behind that mm-hmm. where the. Wine company that sold those $2 bottles of wine, or maybe $3. Mm-hmm. I think it was $2 for a while. I feel like it was $2. $2 bottles of wine. Yeah. Apparently, there was a couple that had a winery and they were married and they got divorced. And the husband, or I don't remember the details, but either the husband or the wife got control of the wine, the winery, as part of the divorce. And the other the So, either the husband or the wife, whichever one didn't get it, apparently cared a lot about it. so say say the husband got it. He started charging dirt cheap for the bottles of wine to make the company fail. <laughs>
2: Oh, you're oh, kidding! Just to put it, oh, it's, <laughs> so like wow. you would
1: never find two dollar bottle of wine anywhere, right? But since there's like this family matter where okay, they're trying hilarious. to get revenge, oh my goodness! It's like Ted yeah, Lasso. That doesn't
3: even cover the cost.
1: Of yeah, bottling. Two, I don't know how you can bottle, do a two dollar yeah. bottle of wine. It doesn't make any sense. But I don't think they're there anymore. I think they used <laughs> all that wine. They're definitely not two dollars at Trader Joe's anymore. No. No. But I haven't been to Aldi in a little bit, so yeah. I don't know.
3: Go check it out. Yeah.
2: So um, on that side of town, I think this is so cool. We we wrote a story about um, the Lake Como neighborhood coming up with their first community flag. And if you haven't seen it, it's beautiful. And they had residents kind of all contribute um, artwork. And then they chose three. And then the neighborhood voted on on the, the one that won. And it has... Um, It just kind of represents the area. I don't know if you know that on the north end of Lake Como, there's a lion statue that was donated by the McBride family. Mm -hmm. So that's incorporated into the flag. And then they also, throughout the neighborhood, have um, yellow and pink tababouya trees that are just beautiful. So that's on the flag. And then um, the lush green grass they have in the lake. And it's just beautiful. And It's a very
1: bright flag it's so pretty orange and yellow and
2: i love that they did that and i wish other communities would follow suit i think that's really neat it'll be fun to see them hanging outside everyone's houses
1: yeah it's a great neighborhood bonding thing where you all get together and talk about flag ideas and yeah they brought together
2: people who like had been born there and grew up there and then the new people too got to learn the history of the neighborhood. And so, yeah, it was a really cool exercise. So we we just printed the September edition of the community paper. I I
3: think it's the best one yet because I think it's the one I have the most most, articles in. Mm -hmm.
2: It actually is a very good edition. And I say that every month, but this month I, it's, it's true. Um, so if you're listening and you don't get the community paper in your mailbox, you can, there are many ways you can get it. You can subscribe online for $36 for the whole year. We will send one to you every month. Um, yourcommunitypaper.com, there's a subscribe button. You can fill that out. There are also plenty of places around town to, to pick up a free copy of the paper. Um, in College Park, for example, you can grab one at, gosh, so many of the restaurants Gabriel's, Christo's, Taproom Infusion Tea. Um, In the north downtown area, um, we have a stand at the Fresh Market. We have um, a stand at Total Wine down in um, near Bumby and Colonial. Mm -hmm. We have them at Stasio's, at Drunken Monkey. And then in Soto, you can find them at Peach Valley, at 903 Mills Market. Just lots of places around town and... If you're if you're not interested in the actual physical paper, you can also read it in its entirety online.
1: Read it in its entirety. <laughs> that's a tough one.
2: That is a tough one. We tough also
1: tough. have a weekly newsletter to stay up to date in between editions. Yes.
3: Yeah, I think that's important because we've got stuff that's gonna be coming up, say, for October, but the news is happening right now, so you mm-hmm. can keep up to date on what's going on if you just subscribe to the newsletter.
1: Yeah, like for example, the Publix news. We weren't able we learned about it at the end of the month after we went to print. Yeah, exactly. We posted it online and it won't be in, in in the September edition, but it will be in the October edition. Correct.
2: And special events coming up too. We um we wish we had room in the paper to print everything that's going on around town. So we have a recommended event section every Friday in the newsletter. And so you can get some ideas on ways to have fun in your community.
3: Yeah. Let's go for every uh, location that has the paper. Let's go do a photo shoot there just so I can have a sandwich at each place. Because I was thinking about Estacio's breakfast sandwich. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can take a picture of me with a breakfast sandwich in one hand and the paper in the other. I love it. Okay. Great. I'm going to get a lot of sandwiches.
2: (laughs) I'm in.
1: Well, speaking of sandwiches,
3: that's a wrap.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God.
3: Wow, I was actually I'm impressed. You yeah.
2: you this guy. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. They just fly out.
3: I'm a pun him. master.
0: Thank you for listening to the community podcast. Did you like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and tell your friends and family to do the same. Stay up to date on the latest news from the community paper by visiting yourcommunitypaper.com and follow them on social media. The show is produced by Nick Giorgudio. Learn more about starting your own podcast by visiting orlandopodcasting.com. So we still have
1: Ome, Under Eye, another Publix to talk about.
2: Community flag.
1: Yeah, do you want to talk about the community flag? Because I'll be talking about Under Eye and Ome. hmm And Nick will talk about the new Publix.
2: I think they call it OMA.
3: Oh my my God. Wait, were you saying Omae? O-M-A. Oh, you were saying Omae. I
2: thought you said Omae.
3: Yeah, that's what I thought you were saying.
2: Omae.
1: Omae. Omae. Oh (laughs) my (laughs) God.